0: Okay, so good morning. Um, we are here for a very special um, workshop I'm sure you'll enjoy. It's called Developing a Concept of a Higher Power. My name is Sandy, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi Sandy. Sandy. Hi. Um, we have a need for someone to be the timer. Thank, Thank you. you. Yay! <laughs> we also have an asket basket. There you go. Thank you so much. We also have an Ask It basket, and if someone could come up and get it, and we can just make sure to keep it going around. And towards the end, we will have an Ask It time. Thank you, Tricia. Okay. Um, So I'd like to ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off. The session is being taped. Anyone wishing to share will be required to sign the speaker release form before sharing. And to protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. If you enjoy this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the table Um, that has tapes to order copies of this session or any other session they are available on CD or as an electronic download and the format of this session is as follows three speakers will share for 20 minutes each followed by 10 minutes of questions and answers finishing up with 10 minutes of open pitches and again our topic is developing a concept of a higher power our first speaker is Wendy
1: hi good afternoon my name is Wendy I'm a compulsive overeater hi, Wendy. and I come from the San Fernando Valley intergroup and I started the Los Angeles intergroup uh, this is my 21st year in this wonderful program um, came in when I was 23 years old shortly after the uh, Northridge earthquake in 1994 uh, my mother had been in and out of the program and I just found myself um, you know, a typical Saturday night was living with um, a gay male roommate in West Hollywood, and it would just involve, um, hmm, I think I'll have the lo- the lo- lightest uh, corn tortillas I can with a low-fat cheese, and I'd make like seven quesadillas, and that was sort of my life, and going out to gay bars, dancing with them, and, you know, just not feeling very happy with myself or in my body. So when I got the LA Intergroup information, because at the time I was living in the city, um, I remembered that I had gone to one Overeaters Anonymous meeting as a teenager. Um, I'm pretty sure it was before I could drive because I don't recall driving out there to Reseda. And what I didn't care for when I went was how they talked about God. So I come from some religious training um, in my background. Oh, what the heck? I you know, had the bat mitzvah, I had the deal. And uh, But I was never comfortable hearing other people talk about God. I wasn't comfortable with religious symbols. So even you know my own stuff, if I saw someone wearing mezuzah or a cross, it was the same thing to me. I didn't like it, and I didn't know why. Because it's not that I was taught growing up that God is bad or for feeble or weak-minded people, but I really did have that classic big book case of you know, the masses are, mm-hmm, and I'm better than this, and I don't need religion. So, um, when I found myself at this meeting, it was uh, at the Deer Log Cabin, which is a room that has a lot of 12 step meetings in Los Angeles on robertson boulevard and It looks like a rat 's going to crawl out at any second from you know the, the side doors and uh, i do i don 't remember who spoke i don 't remember what, what he or she said i 'm guessing it was a woman but I remember feel, feeling welcomed. I thought the people were a little bit weird. They, you know, I had strangers giving me hugs and stuff. But I thought, you know what, let me just give this thing a chance. So I then began to act as if. That's one of the things that we say in the program. Um, and uh, I was looking through my literature. I didn't have t- a great deal of time to look through it, but I can tell you that when I first came in and I was directed to start looking at the big book, initially when I first came in, in 94, we didn't have the full OA 12 and 12, um, we just had the OA 12, which was the, the first 12 steps in OA. So it wasn't until a few years later that I started reading the big book. And even then, when I had started developing a concept of a higher power, um, I didn't like the wording of the big book. It felt old-fashioned, it felt like I couldn't relate, you know, it was written for drunk people in the 30s and 40s, and I just, you know, I was trying to find reasons um, against it. And uh, what what actually, I should probably step back to what made me fi- start to believe that there might be something outside myself. I consider myself one of the lucky ones. Um, as I was saying, I was looking through the literature. There's somewhere that it talks about, there, there, there are the belligerent ones, There are ones who had no faith, and sometimes the ones who had no faith, things come easier to them, rather than for the ones who had faith and lost it. So for me, I didn't believe in anything, so there was really nothing left to lose. Um, so I started taking off weight but unlike when i was in high school and i lost 50 pounds and i started to resent all the compliments and the attention being paid to me i didn't feel that same sort of angry feeling that people were noticing my body changes but um it was different this time because i had a support system i had regular home meetings that i was going to so one one day it just came to me out of the blue i thought wow, you know, left to a power greater than myself, I'm drowning in a vat of macaroni and cheese or, you know, bean and cheese burritos. Because I'm the, I'm the one who was in nursery school and all the other little kids had their PB&Js. Nope, I had to have my little thermos of mac and cheese or salami sandwich. Even at an early age, I had that food obsession that it needed to, the food needed to fix me. I needed to get what I wanted so I could feel whole. Um, so that was sort of my earliest, you know, vision of a higher power um, when I was looking through the literature again, you know, um, the chapter We Agnostics in the big book is perfectly written for people like me. Um, I don't know that I would have called myself an atheist, but maybe more of an agnostic. You know, agnostics being defined as someone who says, okay, I don't know if there is or isn't, but you've got to prove it to me. I need some proof. You know, and it talks about the whole scientific thing and, you know, electricity. We just trust that electricity is going to work. Um, and it talks about faith, and I found that to be a very helpful um, reading in developing a relationship with a higher power. So um, as time went on, um, I realized, you know, in my, in my early days of abstinence, I wish I could tell you, hey, guys, I've been here 21 years, and um, I have 21 years of perfect abstinence. I'm coming up towards this fall will be five years, and it's very, thank you, it's, it's really only, you know, my higher power, which I call God. Um, I've learned so many, you know, even though I've, I've joked over the years that I don't especially love sponsoring, it's only because of my own, you know, mishigas. It's my own junk that tells me you're not a good enough sponsor. But I've learned so much over the years from sponsoring. Um, someone who I don't work with anymore but was one of my earliest sponsees, uh, she called her higher power, um, oh, gosh, little brain fart um, old age no she called it like Holly or something it wasn't Holly but it was another name because that was a camp counselor when she was starting to get sick and um, when she was at camp and this this you know counselor treated her with so much love and care and then she eventually chose to call it God but that's that's the beauty of the program I know you know I was really put off by a lot of the literature when I first came in and you know said God and God is in the 12 steps but you know I've been encouraged it's whatever you need it to be. It can be the group. For many people, it's the OA group. For some people, it's the ocean or a big oak tree. It's whatever's bigger than yourself, if you can just see outside yourself. You know, and today, when I'm looking for comfort in difficult situations and, and try to help other people, I say, you know, God or the universe, and I'll call it universe or spirit for my non-friends who don't call, you know, call it God, That, whatever it is, that has the 360 view. My view is only limited. So learning to have that trust that maybe there's something outside of me that can help me. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm very stubborn. The only thing I've done perfectly well in 21 years is I never stopped coming. I've always gone to meetings. I've always had sponsors. But what I've forgotten about that is my more direct relationship to having a higher power that I trust, you know, being in step three, making that decision to turn my will and my life over – Is working the steps so this is the first year that um, my sponsor and I have been with this sponsor I would say about three and a half years Uh, we're actually doing a step a month because as you can imagine over 21 years I've done the steps various ways and um, so what we're doing you know month six has been on step six so what I do is I go in the for today and the voices of recovery and I read about willingness because willingness is the um, corresponding uh, asset that goes or principle that goes along with step six. And this is how we're doing it. You know, because in the early days of AA, they didn't, they didn't mess around and take like two years to work on an inventory. They had to boom, boom, boom. They had to get out there and help other drunks get well. And there are so many people who are dying of our disease and people who are struggling within our rooms that, you know, I don't when I sponsor people, you don't have to work through all 12 steps perfectly. Just, you know, maybe if you've gotten through the first three or four, then start working with another person. Because, you know, what I've come to, one way that I've also found a higher power in this program is through other people. It's God with skin on. It's hearing miracles. It's hearing that, you know, you can feel one way one day and then the next day have a complete change of attitude. Um... You know, I I heard some people, I went to some of the panels earlier, and this is how I know we are all so connected. I heard people talking about the still, small, quiet voice. And I've ignored that one so much over the years, even being in the program. You know, the still, small, quiet voice doesn't say, go to Target. You're mad and you're annoyed at your husband. Just go, go, go now. and the, Or just go and you need to eat out because you've had a rough day and I don't care that you have food in the fridge. That's not God's voice. God's voice is the little gentle persuasive one. And I even got it yesterday. You know, my head was going, you know, I don't want to pay any extra money to get a fridge in my room, blah, blah, blah. And I'm signed up for the dinner. Blah. You know, all chatter, all BS, baloney. And then just the thought came. The thought was like, hmm maybe you need to go over to that mall you can just walk across the street and then the next thought came which was why don't you go to that Trader Joe's and take care of getting your two meals and you'll put them in the fridge and then you don't have to really think about it because I overthink things and when I start thinking that's just you know it's a very slippery slope when I really just start getting in there you know I rationalize rational lies I create lies which tell me that hey this is really a great idea and You know, oftentimes the clue that something isn't a really good idea, um, it's that feeling in the pit of the stomach or that thought, I really don't want to talk to my sponsor about that. I really don't want to put that on my 10-step inventory. This is something that nobody needs to know. You know, it's just between me and God. And that's, you know, that's the sneakiness. That's using, you know, the concept of a higher power as sort of your, your little secret hideaway buddy that, you know, you don't need to fess up to anything. So, um, for me, my journey to, you know, and I'm still going to, I'm going to be on this journey forever. The journey to spiritual wellness, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all, you know, all together is saying, you know what? I need help. Somebody in one of the meetings earlier said my biggest prayer help. You know, I, it, it was only, I think it was last year that I finally, something broke in me, something emotionally opened up that I was able to listen to the people who many years had said, I get on my knees and I pray in the morning. I'm like, well, I'm Jewish, you know, even though I'm not especially you know, religious or observant. Well, we, we don't really do that. That's just kind of weird. You know, I'm married. He doesn't believe in God. All these reasons. I started doing it. And sometimes I forget, not very often. But guess what? I can go and do it in the other room if my husband's still sleeping. It doesn't matter. What matters is just taking that time, you know, with the prayer, meditation. I didn't properly meditate this morning, but I did walk, and I walked along the river, and I listened to the birds, and maybe that's a form of meditation. Maybe it doesn't have to be as formal as sitting down and saying om every day. Um, So for me, just actively seeking. I'm always actively searching to find that contact, and sometimes it's just, you know, in funny little ways. I decided, you know, this morning, oh look, there's a lotto scratcher ticket, and it's got a cat on it, and I'm a huge cat nerd. You know, my sponsor before the last one had said, well, what's your visual of God? How do you visualize God? And I said, well, as a dog person, you're not going to like this. But for me, it's cats. When I'm taking a walk in the neighborhood and I just see, you know, a stray cat or something like that walking around, that to me, you know, that's nature and that's God and that's something that I didn't create. Um, and that sort of stuff really brings me back to, you know, back to center. Because my defects of character, my problems with people, places, and things, that's why I eat that's why I make poor choices it's not because you know I have a screw loose I mean I've got plenty of screws loose but it's because I'm feeling you know I'm not enough I'm not gonna get what I want there's not enough time money food etc etc but there really is and and my biggest lessons that I think I've learned this year as my sponsor and I are just trying to slow it down it sounds funny we're slowing it down doing a step a month but it's focused work so it feels slower um you know, I caught myself as I was walking this morning. I started thinking about something I got to do Wednesday. So there was nobody around, so I got to talk to myself. I said, hey honey, why don't, why don't we just stay in today? Let's let's just be in for today. Because, you know, that's one of the first things we hear when we come to the program, one day at a time. It's so simple, isn't it? You know, one day at a time, one meal at a time, one thought at a time, one activity at a time. You know, sometimes I'm busy and I'm I'm texting and I'm like, why do I need to be texting when I'm eating my breakfast? Why don't I just sit and have my breakfast? So I, I stop myself when I start doing too many things. Um, it's just that, you know, it's a simple program, but we try to confuse it and louse it up. You know, we try to make it. Great. Thank you. Um, so that, that taking things one day at a time, I only have to worry about today And love, that self-love, you know, when I first came to OA, I was shown so much love and acceptance that I was like, wow, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, at the time, I I brought pictures, if you want to peek at them after, I didn't pass them around, but I came in, I was 223 pounds, right, I had been 135 in high school, went to college, and I you know I stopped weighing myself because of course the scale was always the enemy. Um, and then when I finally came to OA in '94, I got on the scale. Oh my God, how did that happen? 223 pounds. So I'm maintaining you know about like a 65 ish pound weight loss. and it, I'll be honest, it has been more. And um, but you know what, for today I'm not choosing to beat the you know what about myself because for many years, you know in my earlier abstinences and when I when I had relapses, it was about me trying to fix the food. But it's more about me reconnecting to my higher power and and when i when I'm tethered, the food isn't isn't exciting. The food doesn't really matter when I'm tethered and when I'm in that headspace. When I'm truly able to say, "God, I need your help. I'm insane right now, you know, be it with eating, relationships, spending, whatever. When I can acknowledge that I need that help, I get it. It's always given to me if I'm willing to slow down and listen to intuitive thought, because what you know I've never eaten like I used to eat. I just don't eat that way anymore. Like I said, I screw up, I make mistakes, I put on weight, but I just—I don't look at food or at life in the same way. Um, you know, I guess it would just be pre higher power, post higher power. I don't always remember that my higher power is there, but the way that I remember to come back is when I start spinning and then go, "Oh, oh yeah, what step is this about? Oh, I've had this feeling before. That's because I was holding on so tightly and I wasn't willing to say." i can't do this alone and that's when you know it's time to get to a meeting even if i don't want to that's when it's time to fess up to a sponsor or a trusted friend in oa and um that's how we get better i I love the theme this year i put my hand in yours you know for many years i worked the program going to my same three set meetings just calling my sponsor and that didn't work so well for me because i was very slow on the step work i wasn't outreaching And, you know, I still thought that I could control it. I still thought I could fix it. I still thought if I have the right abstinence and food plan, I'm set. No big deal. Not a problem. But, you know, the abstinence, abstinence is our primary purpose. The food plan is a tool. We have lots of other tools that we're encouraged to use. So if I'm only placing one tool above all others, you know, if I'm putting the food plan above connection with higher power, oh, my God, you know, my three-legged stool, it's going to topple over. And I've had a lot of, you know, topplings. So I I guess that for me, my experience is that, you know, I've never left. I just, I so believe in this program. Even when I think I don't believe in it, I see the miracles. And I see, you know, when I hear a wonderful share from a newcomer or from someone who's struggling, I hear things. When I'm able to, you know, get out of my own disease and my own, you know, um, you know, just the hooey. The, the just, I mean, you guys know it. You just go through, you're just driving and all of a sudden just the craziest thought goes through your head. And it's just like, okay, time to change the channel from K, K Bluey, you know. Um, the other day I was starting to go down that road. It was awful. And I literally did change the channel. I want to say I switched it over to the God channel, but I didn't. I switched it over to um, what's it called? Soul Town on Sirius because you cannot be angry listening to Motown. It just cannot happen. And I also said out loud, God I need some help here please you know I need backup because uh you know it really is the first step you know we we admitted we were powerless it's not I admitted I was powerless over food because if it was just I you know one of my dear old sponsors uh you know said honey if it was just about you know the food and the weight we would all been a size six and we would have been out of here by then by now rather and um I'm so glad I'm here you know I came for the vanity and I stayed for the sanity thank you Thank you, Wendy.
0: Our next speaker is um, Ganit. Thank you.
2: Um, I'm sorry. How is the time? Is it like? Is, oh no. I'm sorry. Ten seven and three. Is that the way it is? Oh, okay. No, no, no problem. Thank you. Ten three got it. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for your service. Hi, I'm Ganita. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you all for your service of being here. I'm grateful to really be a part of this fellowship, Um, and that really goes along with with the development of my higher power. So um, let's see. Uh, I recently just celebrated four years. I'm truly, truly blessed for that gift. I mean, it's like the the abstinent icing on my abstinent cake it's it's beyond and that's what god is to me today to expect the good and to expect the beyond because he's just that good and i couldn't i couldn't allow that to happen before because it was like the minimal was good enough i'll take that you know um and at the same time i recognize how unbelievably grateful i am for this moment and for today um I, I it, it's really so, such an interesting and blessed journey that happens. I, I've been traveled around the world through my abstinence. And the interesting thing is, and I was sharing this with my sponsors and one in particular as well, that, you know, I mean, it was weird. I was recently in Thailand, and it was amazing. And I was... Feeling weird because I'm like, I, I should. I felt guilty. I was like, I should be like happier than I'm in Thailand. This is amazing. The interesting thing is, I'm so blessed with the life I have on the day to day because it's the life I choose. And I, you know, it's full of so many different services and so many different things and amazing friends that I have that when I'm not doing it, even though it's great. I'm, looking, I'm also like recognizing how, how amazing that is, and I look forward to going back to it and doing that. So all of this goes right along with God changing my perspective, and that's what really needed to change was my eyes. My eyes needed to change. So when I came into these rooms, I, I actually have the story of where I always believed in God. I always believed in God. I believed in the self-sufficient God. The one that says, you know, you're pretty smart. You know what's right and wrong. So why don't you do it? That was my God. And so for me to say, I need help, was failure, humiliation, shame, and judgment beyond judgment. And I came from a world where like 12 steps and addiction and anything like that, that was like what you hear in the movies. If that, if that, I came from a very loving and amazing family of very, it takes a lot of recovery to say that, but, (laughs) um, but really, truly they, they do. They're amazing. Amazing. I could cry at the gratitude of the love that God has blessed me with in my life amazing education, amazing career. It's like the song, amazing grace, you know, amazing everything. And four and a half years or so ago, I just wanted to die because I couldn't be happy and I couldn't stop eating. And I'm so grateful for that moment that bottom because I've still have my whole life ahead of me. How cool is it that I was able to see that? And I just, you know, for my story in terms of food, it was like controlling it, restricting it, dieting it. Uh, even certain forms of bulimic behavior came up as I did my inventory. couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, what? And I couldn't even say that B word because that was so shameful. And it's like, no, no, no. I don't throw my head up over a toilet. now." But there are certain things that I did. That idea, that mentality, you know. And basically, and then the binges. So now, all that other stuff, like the dieting and the, you know, I'm constipated and so and so and so, that... That I could rationalize. That's what everybody does. The whole world eats diets. You know, we do this over the holidays. But when I finally couldn't stop eating and there was nothing left to eat. I mean, there was stuff to eat, but there was just nothing left to eat that wasn't going to do it. And I had a friend. Because this is how God works. Even though I never knew these rooms and I never knew this kind of help. I had a friend who revealed to me in God's time her story. She knew me for nine years. And not once did she say anything. And she knew from day one I was an addict. Day one. Nine years later she started telling her story of being 26 years sober. Cause I was ready to listen and coming from a place where I know so engraved in me, this is what I said to her before I ever really started to give a 12 step program, some kind of an open mind, some kind, not a lot, some kind. I said, I can't do that. I'll betray God. Because I should know how to do this. That was so much pain. I can almost get really emotional from that child inside that was crying about how much she failed. So, developing a concept of a God that could do everything for me, if I allowed him to, has been a journey beyond journeys. So, here's what got me to stay in the rooms. This stuff was like Mars. I wouldn't have stayed when I walked into a meeting and I saw the Lord's prayers and I saw I saw God's name in the room. That's what got me to stay, and that's what I told I was telling a sponsor of mine. I said, "Listen," and she asked me because she was wanting to have the spiritual connection and admiring or you know asking me about it. And I said, "Listen, when I saw that." that's when I knew I was home free. I was home free because I didn't have to do it. God was going to do it. And I always believed God could do anything. I believed in miracles. I'd experienced miracles. I had felt miracles. I'd always had a connection with him. What he was trying to tell me was that I can enjoy my life and I don't have to figure everything out. And this toll of the world that was being carried on my shoulder for being responsible for everything and everyone and for every little disaster. Because I could guilt my way into anything. I loved how somebody said one time, I drop a pencil and I, you know, you drop a pencil and I can make it my fault. I came from that world. (laughs) And so for me, the old self-centered fear, bottom line, was trusting the connection I have with my higher power because I was all too familiar with being told what to do how to do it what was right and what was wrong so when I heard the language of this is how you do it and this is what's done I flipped out and wanted to run the other way like hell because that's God, if somebody, some more human voices come in to tell me that that's what I was eating over. I was so, or, or what I was dieting over. Because I was too afraid to be wrong and shamed and taking a chance on me. The awakening today is, I always had what I always really wanted. Why I came to do a recovery is because I wanted a spiritual recovery. And I had been obsessed about my body since I was probably five years old, is what I can remember. I was never really like a seriously overweight person, but my head, because I was maybe chubby or overweight or so forth, it always just is dysmorphic. You know, it's dysmorphic. Either I'm like this or I'm like this. And I can still get that way in the same five-minute period. But what I came for was my connection to my higher power, that you're my everything. You're my director. You're my sponsor. You're my boss. You're my teacher. You're my mother. You're my father. You're my husband. You're my brother. You're my best friend. You're my soulmate. You're my everything. You're my everything. Everything. I give my life, my will, my passion, my fingernails, the tip of my head hair to the bottom of the fingernails of my toes. I give it to you gladly. Gladly. Thank you. And I always did. Every day, what I do is give away the stuff that tries to convince me that I'm not doing that. That's what It's about so what's interesting is that in the process and this is the miracle is that I ended up working with a sponsors who were especially the first time I did four through nine who had a similar story and that's how God works in the sense of the mind games. You know, I always had these mind games that I couldn't trust and take back my power. That it was wrong that I was going against God. When I read those pages in the big book. It takes a lot of spiritual recovery to say. Listen when I follow my heart. And I do what's right for me. That's not self-will run riot. It's exactly the opposite of self-will run riot. Because when I do that. And when I do it with a smile. Without making it to be this. Dramatic drama queen. It's actually. Releasing self centered fear, and I can be there for you, and I can be there to encourage you to be who you are. And what I smile about today is as I learned to develop a concept with a higher power, it was also because of everybody in these rooms. And that's why when I got up, I really wanted to acknowledge the gratitude of this fellowship. Because what I had with that self-sufficiency was this emotional, not only am I betraying God, but this emotional, emotional, emotional trauma. How can I trust myself? I'm not enough. I can't, I can't do, I can't do it. You have to help me. I'm not enough. So I kept trying to like figure out how can I get you to help me? while being enough at the same time. And it's like everything else. We try it, and then it's like, oh, yeah, let's just let that idea go. And let's just be happy. And that's what it comes down to, is the willingness to really keep it simple every day with my higher power. I like working with you. Let's do that. I want to have some time with God let's do that. I loved how the previous speaker just said, oh, maybe meditation is like this, because I come from so much effing black and white, (laughs) that, you know, let's just make, because I'm a heart, I'm a recovering daily reprieve restrictor, right, along with, you know, and I mean, and if it doesn't look that way on the outside, when I'm scared, I want everything to look the same on the outside. Everything, everything, everything. You, my time with you, this, that. And I'm really grateful because like I said from the beginning, it's me who's changed. Okay. So when I work with all of you and I worked with you, what this light bulb has recently gone off this year that when you said just listen and just do it and what this book is really saying is please quiet down all that self-centered fear that says i'm doing it wrong i need you to do it like i would do it to say that it's okay to do it because if i'm individual i'm all alone i'm all by myself and if I fuck it up, then, you know, hey, good luck. You took a chance on you, and you trusted yourself, and see what happened, you know. I mean, that's where my head just went. So the first time I did the steps, it was like I was so grateful, because the sponsor pointed out to me, that's your real abstinence and awakening. That's your real insanity that needs to go. So when I kept listening, what I really started to hear was, and amazing. Please quiet down all that chatter so you can listen within. And we're all here to encourage you to passionately follow that. And my higher power is doing it with me. Because what is so easy for me in my disease is that criticality to make the one or the one little person and that person may not even have said it my head thinks that you said it that way because i know what you think i know what you think and i know you think i'm wrong so now i've created mars out of all this like you know these great diamonds that god has given saying yeah yeah do it do it we're behind you we're behind you we're doing you know all these little diamonds and I'm focusing on Mars, you know, I'm focusing on Ma- which is pretty much a scenario that's not even real because you, you're probably not even thinking what the hell I think you're thinking, you know, so I get, I get to work humility, which is me, God, and we, okay, and that's where the higher power comes in to where I can just let that language of trying to rationalize the enoughness go and just keep listening to what we're really saying is shut up to the disease and hello to God. And that's what these steps are saying. And that's what I needed more than anything was in order for me to make what I wanted more than anything in my life, my higher power to be my everything from the tip of my head to the tip of my toenails and to be my director in every breath, shape, moment, whatever. Manicure, pedicure, to job changes, to everything. I needed to be able to constantly hear that's the answer. So that's why I keep coming back. Because I get it and you get it and we get it and because I can finally put that self-centered fear on a daily check-in I can truly do what 11 says, what 3 says, what thank you what what this big book says, which is for me to help you be the best that you can be okay so I'm going to put faith in words that I've done into action here. I was too afraid to take a step out of my house without somebody holding my hand and saying it's okay. I'm exaggerating a little. But overall, if I was going to do anything out of the ordinary... Oh, should I even go to Starbucks instead of coffee bean? Yeah, I need you to kind of... Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, needed you to kind of say that. I came from a culture where, you know, as you probably can tell from what I've said, it was pretty, pretty, somewhat old school. We're modern people, but the thinking was somewhat old school, okay? So, I was not expected to go out on my own and be the fearless woman I am. I was not expected to do that. Before my first year of abstinence was over, I moved out on my first apartment, on my own, okay. I started the miracle of before that first year, about first six months or so. I took a little road trip for myself to Santa Barbara. Now that's like going to Tokyo for me to take a little drive out without mom. And mom tried to come along. <laughs> to, now that was really checking out self centered fear because this was maybe I should let her. <laughs> no, no, this is my time. Okay. So Santa Barbara moving out. Came time for road trips by myself, longer days. San Francisco, Carmel. I never traveled on my own. I never hardly traveled, period. I think I kind of like it. Well, how do you know? Take a chance. Take a chance on what seems like that Mars voice inside. I've gone to New York. I've gone, I went to Paris by myself, okay? Now, here's putting it in terms of the food. When I used to travel, I run the show, guys. I'm the the queen. First came the tight jeans, and the day back was the stretchy pants. Because there was the, you know, hey, i got to go to town before I leave this town. You know, and then I can diet and get my way back into my tight jeans and do all that. Go in the same pair of jeans, come back in the same pair of jeans. Paris doesn't have Trader Joe's. Thailand doesn't have Trader Joe's. Every day I grow with my higher power. So internationally, domestically, every day I'm taking chances. I'm moving forward in my career. I work a job that I never thought I could be self-supporting in. Never. Somehow, someway, I took the hand. This book says it's, the big book says, thank you, I'll wrap it up with this. The big book says it so beautifully. And I tried to find the story, gratitude in action. So long, the last sentence, so long as I put my hand in the hand of God. I can take back my power because he's right in here. And every day I get encouraged to do so. Because I got my sister on speed dial when I need to know that I... The world's caving in and I purposely go out of my ordinary way to rise at an hour that you don't even know at the end of the week to sit with him so I can have my one-on-one time because before I can go out in the world, that's my revival. How can I feed my soul and then share it? Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you, Ganit. Um, our third speaker is Jerry J.
3: Hi, my name is Jerry, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi, Jerry. And uh, <clears throat> when I first came to OA um, in June of 1981, I was in treatment for that other program. Counselor said I should go check it out, and I did. And I went there and all I could think about was what I heard people say at the meeting. And that was, they surrendered their food. And my only thought was, it's bad enough I'm giving up the drinking just because it's killing me. I'm not giving up the food. Um, So I took a little sabbatical for five and a half years. But God brought me back. And uh, it's also important for me to say that I was really angry with the God of my understanding. Uh, The God of my understanding was I was a young Catholic lad, and I had a God who was going to punish me because I was going to do bad things. Um, And also I was angry with God because I... (coughs) I'm number nine of ten children. And uh, I always said to God, my older siblings had my parents longer than me. You're not treating me fairly. Okay, so I didn't have a nice relationship with God. Um, And then when I came into OA actively, um, I... uh, told this guy who was my sponsor I don't like God I'm angry with God God can't do anything for me and he said Don't worry about all that Jerry I'm going to give you a god you can call it good order and discipline <laughs> Anyway because I had a military background so I could I could live with that good order and discipline okay um, and then you know we started working the steps um, it's also important for me to say that those five and a half years that I was sober I used to wake up every morning and I'd say oh sugar I'm still alive and then I would spend my day planning my suicide because suicide's not a macho thing so yes I was a little insane when I got here Um, I'm a little better today. But it just shows that for me, when I came to OA and my sponsor said to me, he said, food's been your higher power all your life. Why don't you try one that will help you? Um, So anyway, we started working the steps, and we got to step two, and uh, well, it's important to remember step one, two, and uh, I'll just read this little thing that helped me. Um, there's no other kind of bankruptcy like this one. Alcohol now a, now became the rapacious creditor. Bleeds us of all self-sufficiency and will to resist its demands. Um. It was really important for me to remember that when it came to food, nothing came between me and my food. And I always say that to newcomers when I I meet them. I say, other people in your life are going to tell you that it's just food. And I say, my response when I first got to OA was, come between me and my food. We'll see if it's just food. (laughs) People in this room understand that. People out there that don't have that driving need to eat, they ain't got a clue. It's just food to them. So, But I'm really grateful for the sponsor that God put in my life to help me as I walk through these steps. Um, and so we got to step two. And in here it says, The hoop you get to jump through is larger than you think. And uh, my, my sponsor said, You can be as defiant as you want to be. You just need to have a God. (laughs) Good order and discipline. Um, And then, the thing that helped me, my writing assignment was to write a description of the God I wanted in my life. And then, to write a A want ad for that God. And so I did. I wrote a description of the God I wanted in my life. And the God I wanted was one that was kind, loving, not judgmental, at my beck and call, um, <laughs> and uh, loved me, okay? Um, that's the other thing. When I first came to OA, I used to be a little negative and I'd go to meetings and I'd say
2: my life is so low I gotta look up to see the sewer
3: wham (laughs) anyway uh, so uh, I wrote the description and uh, I said wanted a God that's at my beck and call that loves me will help me always be there for me not judge me and uh so then my sponsor said good now adopt that God I said oh wow what a concept just like it says in the book you know God of your understanding okay and uh, that really helped me and I was able to retire that good old Catholic God I had that probably kept me from doing a lot of things I shouldn't have done but I was able to retire that God and adopt the God that loved me unconditionally and Once I became a little open, um, I remember I used to call my food in every day. I asked this sponsor. I said, uh, he said, well, you need to call your food in every day. Um, This is a little before cell phones. Um, (laughs) And so I said to him, well, you know, I got to get up early and go to work. And he said, that's okay. You can call me at 530 in the morning. And I thought to myself, man, he must really be sick if he wants me to call my food into him. And so I did that. But, you know, God just has such a sense of humor. And uh, I called him. And he said to me, once you complete your fourth step, then you no longer have to call your food in. And I said, okay, works for me. Um, But see, I knew intuitively that once I did my four-step, I had to start being honest. I could no longer blame other people for what I did in my life. I couldn't say, oh, they did that to me, so I'm justified to do this to them. Um, So I knew it meant I had to start being responsible. So I called my food in for two years. (laughs) It uh, finally completed my four-step. And then I gave it away to him in Balboa Park on a July afternoon. And when it was over, he stood up and I stood up and he gave me a big hug. And my first thought, not the most macho thing I could be doing today. But I just told him all those things I was sure I was going to take to my grave with me and I'd never tell another human being. And I said to myself, this is okay. This is God working in my life, the God that I wanted. It's also really important for me to say that God's always been there for me, kept me safe. And this was the sponsor who told me, Jerry, it's important to understand that your older siblings were on the planet longer than you, and therefore they had your parents longer than you did. I never thought about that, see? Never crossed my mind. But I'm just really grateful for that. And... uh, There was this lady. She was from New York, uh, very kind and loving person. And um, I used to be kind of a negative person and want to beat myself up. Um, And uh, she came back from her trip from New York, and she came back with a little saying, and it says, I am enough, I have enough, I do enough. Wow, that just blew my mind. Her name was Vivian, very loving and kind person. Um, and so I said, if it works for her, then it'll work for me. And then my sponsor said, it's time to find an affirmation that will help you to be more loving to Jerry because he is a loving child of God. So what I did was is I found one. And the first thing was, is Jerry is a loving child of God. I didn't know who Jerry was, but he was a loving child of God. And then, greatest book OA ever made. That's Jerry's opinion. but And uh, the reason I say that is, in this book, on January 19th, which is OA's birthday, and OA's 55, and one way, one day I will be too, maturity-wise, not <laughs> physically, in... Um, You know, I use this as my affirmation to help me through really trying times. And, you know, I need to say that I was in the Navy and I got fired from my job as a training officer. So just to let you know that you can get fired in the military. And uh, I called my sponsor and I said, he fired me from my job. Well, actually, I called my sponsor and I said, the world is I know it has ended and so my sponsor said okay Jerry what happened this time (laughs) so I told him and so he said well I guess you need to do an inventory about it and then you need to make amends and you need to say that you'll do a better job so the next day I went back to work and I said to this young kid well to me he was a young kid I said to him, you know, I'm really sorry and I'll do a better job in the future and I'd like to have my job back. And do you know, he had the nerve to say to me, I have to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) But it just goes to show, the God of my understanding really has a sense of humor. So this book on January 19th, my little affirmation that I adopted that's really helped me through a lot of things, for today, I'll let no one, including myself try to shame me into changing something about myself I wish were different. I prayed to be relieved of the guilt and self hate and to accept and like myself exactly as I am and that's where I can begin to change um, That was just so powerful for me, and you know i I believe in affirmations, and the other thing I got from this program is writing love notes um, so my sponsor said you need to write Jerry a love note. And I said, well, give me some instruction on how to do it. And he said, well, in the beginning, it can be real simple. Dear Jerry, went to a meeting, loved Jerry. Wow, I could do that. But the thing today is what I learned is that um, I'm really grateful for this program because what I learned is that my children modeled my behavior, okay? Um, they learned the third step prayer. And they, they were misbehaving one day. And so I said to them, remember, your actions will have consequences. And so uh, one day they were kind of messing with each other. And they said, just remember, your actions will have consequences. So the thing was, is that God just kind of healed that part of me that I was worthy. And, you know, when I got here, I'd say, nobody loves me. I was married and had two children. God always loved me, but I didn't even like myself enough to be able to accept any love. And then, OA taught me to love me. The literature is, is really very good, okay? And, you know, the other things I got from the big book was in there somewhere talks about, who are you to say there's no God? And uh, I was saying there was a God, there just wasn't a God that would help me. <laughs> but what I learned is God has such a sense of humor and uh, very loving and gentle. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I am so grateful that I got a God I could do business with, bigger and greater than anything that I deal with in my life. Okay. Um, when my daughter was 17, which was 21 years ago, she came home from school one day and she said, Dad, I want to have a baby. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not something I'm prepared for. So I did one of those old sponsor things on her. I said, okay, uh, make a list of reasons why you should and a list of reasons why you shouldn't, and then we'll talk about it. And then I went and called my sponsor. Um, And I said, I just don't know what to do. And uh, I'm grateful for this program because it said, sometimes all you have to do is listen. You don't need to have a solution. God will help them find their own solution. So a couple hours later, my daughter came back to me and she said, Dad, I just want you to know that I really didn't want a baby, but I was feeling that since I'm going off to college, I wouldn't have anyone to love. And I thought, wow. And what I know today is that the loving relationship I have with my children it's all about OA because I remember I shared from the podium one day. Now that my daughter's become a teenager, she turned 13, I can no longer have anything to do with her. She belongs to her mom. And after the meeting, before I got out the door, this lady ran up, grabbed me by the arm. This is the time your daughter needs her in your life. You need to be there for her. Wow, what a concept. I had permission to be in my own daughter's life. Wow. So I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I, I'm i really grateful. And, you know, the other thing I know is that God has such a sense of humor. And I'll just talk real quickly about the ninth tool, which is action plan. Um, and I'm chuckling because... One of the World Service I went to, it wasn't the action plan, it was the exercise plan. And you talk about debate. It was wonderful. <laughs> anyway. Um, and this was also the year that Roseanne delivered a talk to the fellowship and she said, I just need you to know that my vision and my concept of OA was it was only for compulsive overeaters. Well, you talk about sparking debate. We spent six hours talking about whether anorexics and bulimics belonged in OA. And then we were reminded that there's that third tradition that says you are one if you say you are one. Um, but because God is powerful and so healing the next world service I went to Roseanne delivered another talk to the fellowship and she said I just need everybody to know here everybody here to know that my concept of OA and God's purpose for it were different God's purpose for OA was to help anybody who had an eating disorder and to know that it is not a moral issue it's a disease and i thought wow god's always working so see what happens when you get a higher power that's bigger and greater than anything even world service (laughs) anyhow i just i love this program and uh i'll close with uh something my sponsor used to have me read a lot. And then I'll let you guess which step it's from. Practically every boy in the United States dreams of becoming our president. He wants to be the country's number one man. As he gets older, he sees the impossibility of his good-natured childhood dreams. When A.A. was quite young, a number of intimate psychologists and doctors made an exhaustive study of a good-sized group of so-called problem drinkers. The doctors weren't trying to find out how different we were from one another. They sought to find out whatever personality traits, if any, this group of alcoholics had in common. They finally came up with the conclusion that shocked the membership of the time. These distinguished men had the nerve to say most of the alcoholics under investigation were still childish. Emotionally sensitive and grandiose. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Jerry. Um, I will now draw questions from the Ask It basket. Do we have the Ask? All right, great. Thank you. All right. So, see, we have. Um, Questions for 10 minutes. First question is, what do you do when you get mad at God and when recovery seems like it's not coming?
3: Anybody want that one? Hi, I'm Jerry. I'm a compulsive Wait, Can older. you speak into the microphone? Oh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> um, for me, that's real easy. I just say, God, you've really made me mad. You're not doing it my way. And then I call my sponsor, and he allows me to Do a 10th step. But, you know, the whole thing is is that that was one of the requirements in my description of my God was that I can get angry with you, and you still need to be there for me. So the key is is that as a human being I can express my displeasures if I need to, but I know God's going to heal that too. And that's what 10th steps are for, and that's what sponsors are for. Thank you.
2: Hi, I'm Ganeet, um, compulsive overeater. Uh, you know, again, this just goes back to being able to have an honest relationship, like Jerry was saying, in, with God where I can't – at first I had – before I could le- let the anger go – I had to allow myself to be angry. I had to allow myself to be able to say anything and everything to God. And that's a miracle that eventually I started to do that and still continue to do that. And I'm really grateful that I'm working on acceptance. And I'm almost done with this story where this awakening has come to me that, you know, I don't have to be a victim to the angers and to those feelings i can recognize that i always thought like okay i gotta stop off at b and stew in it for a little while before i can let it go and go to c how much do i want to do that you know there's freedom beyond that and what i'm learning or what i'm asking and praying for and i'm trusting that you know he's not this magic that poof it'll go is that Yeah, you got a better reason. Because really when I'm angry is because of the emotional outburst of the child. That's just, I'm not getting it my way. It doesn't look the way that I want it to look. How? Why? What? Huh? And what I really get a chance to see are my two biggest defects that I see is pride and rationalization. Do I know better than him? And I need you to explain it before I can let it go. And that comes to, again, higher power and trust. You know better. Thank you very much. Carry me through it. Guide my thinking. Guide my feelings. Guide my actions. Thank you.
1: Hi again. I'm Wendy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi Wendy. And for me, this goes back to my concept of a higher power, which um, I had to stop having my higher power be a judgmental, angry, you know, I'm going to get you kind of God. And that also comes down to what I try to operate with on a daily basis is to quit taking it personally. You know, Q-tip is the slogan. Um, cause I used to think the world and everyone was just out to get me and God was part of that plan. Just, you know, I'm a bad girl. You're going to punish me. I didn't eat right. I didn't this or that right. So, you know, sometimes that thought will come, you know, when good thing, when bad things happen to good people, you know, recently a friend's, um, boyfriend was in a freak car accident lost part of his leg but my first thought wasn't like god how could you do this it just sometimes things happen and as i said before when i was sharing you know god sees the 360 i only see like this so um sometimes things that appear tragic or or whatever might wind up having some sort of miracle or blessing behind them because i don't know i'm not omniscient thanks
0: All right. Um, We only had one question in the basket, so maybe some of you didn't get the basket. Would you like to Okay, raise hands? Can you come on up? Hi, Rebecca. What do you tell your sponsees who are atheists?
3: Well, I'm Jerry. The way I do it is I tell them. I have a military background. I'll give you the God that worked for me, good order and discipline. Can you do that? Can you follow good order and discipline and work these steps? And if that works for you, fine. If it doesn't, then you need to at least let food stop being your higher power.
2: Um, I haven't had a sponsee that said she was atheist or so forth, but here's what I can basically say to fellows that I've talked to who've said they've agnostic or so forth, It which is, and it says it beautifully in step two in the AA 12 and 12. Sometimes it's just making the group the higher power. Or something. It just needs to be something greater than myself because my thinking cannot solve it. My thinking is the recovery part on a daily basis. So something greater that I can trust that I see works or that I'm willing to try and just for even forget about the whole day, just for this moment.
1: Hi, Wendy, Compulsive Reader. I, too, have not had that exact experience. But what I would say to the sponsee is, is there something that you love maybe in nature that's outside you that you had absolutely nothing to do with? Do you love going to the beach? Do you love the ocean? Do you think the moon or the sun are fantastic? Maybe that could be something outside yourself. Um, And also I would, you know, defer to what what the AA literature says, can it be the group? Um, And I like what Jerry had to say, and I've also heard it called good orderly direction, too, so... Thank you. Okay, let me just take a look at the time here.
0: Um, I think our timer stepped out, so i <laughs> um, not sure how much time she had on her clock as far as our minutes. Okay. Anyone else have a question before we go to open shares? All right. Um, so we'll now have three-minute shares, and I'd like you to keep on topic, uh, stop sharing at the end of three minutes. And you must sign the tape release form um, for sharing. Okay? Anyone? Tricia. Thank you.
4: I'm Tricia compulsive Overreader. Hi. And um, I came into the program as an atheist, and I saw after I'd been in a while, I was not working the steps, I came in, 1973 started abstaining, 1974, and I saw that the people that were getting well were, they had a God in their life. And it was such a puzzle to me, and it was frustrating. How was I going to ha- find any recovery because I couldn't get past steps two and three? So I made a, it turned out to be a long process where I sought a power greater than myself. I didn't write it out, but um, it was something that I knew that I had to have. And uh, so I did surveys asking people, what's your higher power? How does it work in your life? And uh, I have a really strong uh, spiritual life today, you know. But it took, it took a long process. Um, one of the things that I found out about myself is that um, I'm, like, too serious. I don't laugh enough. My God doesn't laugh with me. So about 10 years ago, I decided, you know what, um, Because my my higher power is like the spirit and the spirit of the universe because um, I don't belong to a religion. But I decided that I was getting too serious, and I'm developing a concept of a higher power. I can change it. And so for this one summer, I changed it. I was hiking up in the Sierra Nevadas, and my higher power was this big dog. Cat person. It was a big dog, and it was not a, a specific brand, but it was one who, uh, you know how dogs are. They love you when they come home. If you kick them, they love you. If you uh, forget to feed them, they love you. It, you know. So I thought, wow, I think this is really fun. So I'm up there in the stairs, and I'm hiking. I'm on this footbridge, and there's a beautiful creek coming down flowing really hard and it's really steep you can't even walk alongside it and and i have this picture in my mind and it's still there today is here is my my god riding down on this um creek with a big smile on his uh, Face, you know, dogs. They, you know, if you have a, yeah, a, a a God face, you know, here he is smiling and having a a good time, and I'm talking to that God who is coming down that water. It wasn't a waterfall, but the fast rushing stream, and uh, and and telling how thank you that they were doing that. It looked like such a fun thing. So um, you you can change, you know. And, and have something that works for you. But I found um, sponsoring and being in the program all this time that it's you have to develop a power greater than yourself. And it can be done, whether you're an atheist, whether you um, are agnostic, whether you're um, um, a believer of faith. You know, it's uh, it, what makes all the difference because this is a spiritual program. Um, that's how we differentiate from others. It's not a diet club. It's not a social club. You know, we found find a spiritual life here that makes our life better. I just want to share that.
0: Have you signed? Okay. Who else would like to come up?
5: Danielle, compulsive over Hi. Thank you, guys. So good. I wrote down so many little one-liners that you said. Um, I struggle with a higher power because I always do the, like, why do bad things happen. And then someone will explain it to me, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. And then I'll forget what they said, like, the next time a bad thing happens. And I'm like, wait, why do bad things happen again? So... I just wanted to share this cuz I heard, it, it was something that I heard at a meeting in LA that really affected me. Um and I I love being in nature and to me that like makes me feel good to get outside and be in the sun and be in the mountains. But when I'm in the food like I can't I I can't make that connection like the mountain can help me now. Like it, it I can't like cross that that um but when I'm there, I can feel God. So it's kinda like I still struggle with what can it be. Um but someone shared in a meeting um that he didn't have to reparent himself, that he had to re grandparent himself. And that maybe, you know, for those of us lucky enough with sweet, kind grandparents, it's they get to be a little bit more removed and forgiving and spoiling because they get to be. Um, And so that really helped me because my grandmother died when I was in high school. So all she ever was to me was like perfect. And I didn't ever have the chance to grow up and start judging her, Um, (laughs) which I'm sure I would have. Um, So and even if you don't have one, you can kind of imagine what that grand loving grandparent would say to you. And it's kind of like when we hear, you know, what would you tell yourself if you were your friend and I just loved that that idea of of a grandparent and so I've kind of made her um, my higher power when I can't connect with the, the nature idea so thank you for letting me share thank you. You need can, you, can you sign thank
0: you Virgil
6: I am Virgil. Hi, hi, Virgil. I'm an alcoholic and a compulsive overeater. Today I'm a compulsive eater. I'm not compulsively overeating. And I say that with gratitude because I came here and found abstinence. Kept coming back. I needed to be encouraged many times. I found that I had to courage myself. And I had to learn to focus and learn to listen. I come from a background since 1970, I've lost a hearing. And it's played a terrible handicap to me and I've tried to fight it over. And I say, try. This is my program. I try to do the best I can. I have some deep emotional things that I've shared uh, in private because I have my pride. (laughs) I have my stupid pride sometimes. I just don't want to ask for help and I don't want to share this with anybody. But today, I'm opening up more than I've ever opened up in my life. And some of you may not know how old I am, but the older I get, the wiser I'm becoming. And this is my good friend, Jerry, here. He told me what God is. And uh, he used to come with me like this. He's going to give me one big hug, and I would back off from him. Oh, wait a minute, Jerry. Wait a minute. Hold back here. And it's because I have difficulty with God. And it's not my fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's the way that I react to things when I was a child. My mother was having an awful lot of trouble with me. She tried real hard to straighten me out. My sister did, too, and the family, the neighbors. In my in my time of life, as a child, is a wonderful life to lead because you've got a lot of people looking out for you, and they're, they're always telling you what to do, you know, with that finger. And I was being judged and criticized, and I was having an awful time because I was full of anger. And... Uh, what my mother thought would work, she would drop me off at church now they 'll straighten me out, and I went out the back door <laughs> and that 's the truth I did i didn't I was scared i was uh, I, I I was believing in some kind of a God, but it wasn 't good to me it wasn't ter- helping me in even my selfish and childish ways and undisciplined and and a whining kid you know that was spoiled and never had uh, Never had believed that I had a perfect or normal relationship in the family. It was nobody's fault. Uh, it was a death in the family. And they didn't know how to deal with me, and I didn't know how to deal with them. So I kept running all the time, running away from home. But I found a home here in, in O'Reilly's Anonymous. I've been sober, I've said it already, I've been sober 45 years. But see, that was a big book of Alcoholic Anonymous, and it was easy. I just quit. I didn't drink anymore. But I came to is anonymous, and that's a different story. It's <laughs> a different story, and it's in this big book right here. It's in the 12 by 12 AA and OA books. We have to study. But the thing is, if we're compulsive like I am, we, we have difficulty focus in what we're reading and transforming in the real life and practice, practice, practice. And it takes discipline, and it takes a lot of energy, and it takes work. And because of that, opening my mind up, open it up and look at the other side, and also what the big book tells us, and we, we're, we're full of self. We're full of self centeredness. We're full of ourselves. We're full of bow. We're full of all kinds of stuff, aren't we? That's all I got to say. Keep coming back.
0: Oh, oh, oh. What can you sign?
6: Oh, well, I don't know whether I want Sorry. to sign it or not. <laughs> so read the fine print?
0: There you go. Anyone else? Last night. Oh, so oh so same thing? Okay. You don't have to sign again. I, think I don't have to sign again?
7: Okay.
0: All right. Thank well,
7: goodness. goodness. Uh-huh. Anyone else next? Right Thank you. Hi, I'm Jay, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm very grateful for this topic because I think like most of us, when we first came to OA, we came here looking for a cheaper Weight Watcher program come on, admit it, someplace that they were going to whip us into shape and get us into that perfect size so we could put on that bathing suit and feel comfortable with everybody looking at us. And so when I was first, I'm thinking about the way I look at my higher power having shifted over time the way I've revisited the way I look at Overeaters Anonymous and the way I look at myself. When I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, I was looking for a bully to whip me into shape. I was looking for someone to be accountable to, who was going to make me feel bad if I stepped across the line, if I colored inside the lines, and I turned in my food, and I did, I followed direction perfectly, and um, and uh, I was, I think, at that time, uh, and and that worked for a little while to work on dis- self-discipline, but it did not give me a higher power, and in fact, quite the opposite. I was so busy focused on. The, the thing I had to do next and following someone's instruction, well, I wasn't available to a higher power because I was responding to someone that I was afraid of and who would shame me if I didn't follow directions. And I say that with great love for a wonderful sponsor that I had that uh, got me on track and then unfortunately passed away. But in uh, the next phase, uh, and that, so that was a, a good way to get boot camp And it was a good way to get a grip on the food. But what I really wanted was a sense of a higher power that I had not originally found. And then I realized, and I do realize, that one of the things that we get In a way, in our fellowship and with our having a sponsor and having sponsees and having friendships and connections with one another is the sense of a higher power that we experience in kindness. In kindness when we are have all been talking about how what was our religious upbringing and it was all about rigidity and following rules and being embarrassed or shamed or uh you know following instruction without getting any uh nourishment out of that and then seeking our nourishment outside of ourselves and outside of uh, spiritual connection um i have a sponsor that has an aura around her uh, that is so evident that I was, I was just drawn into it. As, and anyone who knows her has experienced the, just the uh, electronic energy of that. And when I was thinking the first time that I came to OA, uh, I looked when, and they said, You need somebody uh, who has what you want. I went for the skinniest person in the room. And then I went for the most spiritual and the most kind. And as a sponsee, I receive kindness. And as a sponsor, I get to share that kindness. And that's the energy that I connect with my higher power with. Thank you for letting me share.
0: So it's now time to close this session and let's thank our speakers and everyone who shared. Thank you so much. Um.